Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cloud Security Alliance's podcast series, CSA Security Update. I'm your host, John DiMaria. CSA is the world's leading organization dedicated to defining and raising awareness of best practices to help ensure and secure cloud computing environment. We harness the subject matter expertise of industry, associations, governments, and our members to offer the best in research, education, certification, events, and products. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of CSA Security Update. I am your host, John DiMaria, and we get a lot of questions uh, concerning around uh, how to engage um, cloud customers. And we got this through a lot of our uh, st- CSA Star Focus group. And uh, it's uh, really a hot, hot topic. So we chose, uh, we invited um, uh, Jennifer uh, Shermoshnak. I think I got that right, Jennifer. Yeah, sounds good. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, Jennifer is from, uh, from GitHub. So, uh, uh, one of the uh, our top CSA uh, members and also uh, one of the uh, top uh, service providers. So uh, this should be, be great. We invited Jennifer on. She accepted graciously to help us work through the subject matter. Jennifer has about 20 plus years experience with uh, client and customer engagements in uh, both the legal and tech industries. Uh, but she points out that she's she's not a lawyer or pure technology, uh, but that can be a good thing. Uh, have a good uh, <clears throat> a good range of uh, of uh, information that we can gather from Jennifer, and uh, she's uh, questioned the uh, social engineered her way into infosec and risk management. <clears throat> she's also. Keenly aware of the need for good, transparent, real, and most importantly, scalable answers to frequently asked questions. So that works out really well for us today. She's a uh, security and trust engineer for GitHub, uh, embedded with the field services, applied the shift security left advice literally to both her position at GitHub's process of uh, responding to vendor risk assessments. So welcome, Jennifer. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. And, you know, we always try to get started uh, for our audience, kind of understand um, yourself and and, and GitHub. And maybe you can just start out, explain a little bit about um, GitHub's uh, and the services that's provided there. Yeah, absolutely. So GitHub's mission has, from the very beginning, been to be a place and to build a global platform for developer collaboration, Uh, whether that is open source projects for small sort of pet pet projects or community resourced things like the COVID-19 response at the moment, or for enterprise customers who are building their own internal code. one of the biggest shifts that we've seen lately and that GitHub's mission has expanded is that we really feel like we have a responsibility to the global developer community to help them better secure 
the the open source and and secure uh, closed source and inner source code as well. So we've been adding functions like software composition analysis, code scanning, uh, secrets and credential scanning to prevent folks from being human and and accidentally submitting something or committing a secret to code. Um, and yeah, so that's us in a nutshell at this point. Awesome. Fantastic. So um, I want to get into uh, another subject in terms of, um, you know, the, you know, consumers versus the providers, the lines, it seems like the lines between cloud providers and cloud consumers keep getting fuzzier every day. Um, and so I guess the question for you is, as a major provider, how do you, how do you sort or erase those blurry lines right from the start when you're dealing with users? Yeah, I guess the the best thing to do is to be explicit in what we do offer and where we can help. From a security standpoint, where we can help provide protections, but where responsibility then ends with us and we have a handshake over to the customer or user. Um, being, I, it, it's, it's not, it's not kind to be unclear. So it, it's, it's not secure, certainly. Okay. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> so based on that, what, I mean, what's the main challenges that, um, <clears throat> You know, users are facing today in terms of the cloud computing environment? I think one of the challenges is just knowing what all is or who all is going to have access to, to what you put up online. Uh, understanding what composes the, the software you're using and if it's sending data somewhere else. Uh, just getting your arms wrapped around the, the full sort of ecosystem that is involved in every piece of software and every communication that you do online is rather daunting. Yeah. So <clears throat> I would imagine that there's in like terms and conditions, things like that, that y'all uh, put up there. Mm -hmm. um, does that sort of outline certain responsibilities for the users in terms of what, what they need to be doing? Absolutely. Yeah. Term, terms and conditions can deal with anything from obligations to keep your password secure and to use a, a, a more complex or, or more secure password. Um, so not, not posting online that the, your your favorite pet and your school that you went to were <laughs> make up your password. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I love all of those getting to know you challenges that I see my friends sharing on social media. It's like, okay, now I can guess your password for this and that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I I always I sort of make the joke about people that I I tell I'm pointing them to the. I say, you know, those terms and conditions that you just click on and, and don't read, that usually has your your responsibilities are built into that. So, um, Abs yeah, absolutely. That's that's something that twenty years in legal will. I, I am perpetually frustrating my husband because I read all <laughs> of those things. 
I can understand. Yeah, I don't, uh, quite honestly, I, I read very few myself, but, uh, um, but yeah, so, so that, yeah, it's always important to, um, understand that, especially for smaller companies, SaaS companies, things like that, that are hosting their services. Um, I know a lot of times we get a lot of questions at CSA about, you know, uh, how do I, you know, how do I procure or how do I, how do I use, uh, CSA, uh, self-assessments and things like that to my procurement process. And I think that that's, um, sometimes easier than reading terms and conditions is understanding what the cloud service provider actually has and if they meet your requirements from a security perspective. Um, you know, GitHub, speaking of that, GitHub has leveraged the CSA assessment initiative questionnaire or what we call the cake to communicate your level of uh, security compliance in the cloud. So as a user of the, uh, of the, of the initiative, the uh, cake, do you see this as a growing paradigm shift in what users will expect from CS CSPs moving forward as sort of a minimum requirement? I do, and I think we. I'm I'm very happy that our sales team took on the initiative to fill out the first cake about seven years ago, I believe. So before my time at GitHub, uh, and then our governance, risk, and compliance folks picked it up as well. It it gives us a, a good way of sharing our high level security posture with customers and with users. Uh, and it's just sort of putting our best foot forward initially to say, we know you have tons and tons of questions. Um, here are the ones that we can sort of anticipate you needing and sort of setting a general baseline. doesn't matter which industry vertical our, our customers are in. This will have information for all of them. And then, we, we've definitely leveraged it as sort of a, an early conversation starter. Mm -hmm. uh, so much of the time, security and legal end up being sort of deal breakers in the procurement process because we're brought in sort of at the very end. And there turns out that there's a hard no, that they have to, a customer has to have a specific control in place. And there's just no way of getting around that. So we've really leveraged the cake as an introductory piece in, in some of our earliest conversations with, with sales conversations. And it's not a lob it over the wall, here's this massive spreadsheet of answers. It's a, here's a lot of information, uh, completely searchable if there's specific terms that you're looking for. And then come back to us, please, with sort of three or four or five points that you really are, are worried about. So, right, and that, and that's and that's the other thing about the cake is being on the star registry. I always tell people it's a little bit provides a little bit more integrity to the answers because you're putting it out there for the world to see, and anybody can question you at any time about your answers. So, um, obviously, behooves you to to uh, answer those is correctly and as thorough as possible to make sure that um, that you can back up what you say. So I think it's, it's more than just, you know, 
putting something out there, I think it's the, the integrity of it is, is a little bit higher as well. Absolutely. And it, it's a good way of sort of doing a self-measurement. We take a step back and we, we try to refresh our cake twice a year. So sometimes it's just adding to a response that we've gotten more customer questions or more, more folks going, this answer doesn't quite ring right for one reason or another. So we take a deep dive into that answer and iterate. So it's, it's the, the CSA cake is sort of a lot like software and, and security that you iterate and, and improve little by little. Right. Right. So, so, so maybe, um, uh, putting your sort of putting your legal hat on here for a second. You know, we, we get a lot of, there's a lot of SaaS providers out there today that outsource their platform infrastructure um, to the, you know, larger uh, service providers. But then many times they feel like they can wash their hands of any security responsibilities or they try to. So, what would be, you know, sort of your message to those to those people that think that because they have a SaaS product that is hosted on, you know, on someone else's platform or infrastructure that they no longer have any responsibilities for security? Oof. <laughs> there, there's a loaded one. Um, again, <laughs> stating that I... I was lawyer adjacent for a whole lot of years, but am not a lawyer, did not go to law school. Um, but going back to, to reading terms and conditions as well, that w when you're handing your data and your, your processes over to a SaaS, you're not transferring liability and you're not transferring responsibility to your, from your, for your customers to the other entity. Um, mm -hmm particularly if you're in a regulated industry like healthcare and there may be healthcare and protected healthcare information, PHI involved, you really need to, to pay close attention to your terms and conditions. And if you were to get locked out uh, for non-compliance with a contract, like breach of contract, and you're locked out away from that data, um, you're essentially violating HIPAA. Uh, and could be liable for for some pretty large fines from from my understanding uh, because you've lost control of health of protected health care information right. so right. Uh, that's kind of the the super scary fud fud answer i guess but yeah yeah I, and, and, and and i just tell people and just to clarify yeah i should have said put your legal hat on i said lawyer hat well, sorry about that <laughs> Just want to make sure everybody out there understands you are not a lawyer. Um, so, uh, but um, I tell people, yeah, from a procurement perspective, I tell them, you know, if, you, if nothing else, you have to understand what your what your cloud service provider, uh, what what do they have in place? How do you how do you validate that what they have in place meets the security requirements that you need to have in place? Um, so that it becomes a supplier relationship issue, um, not necessarily that you, your organization personally has to have that control in place, but if you're using whoever you're using has to have that control in place. Yeah, absolutely. And that's and being able to leverage documentation from your vendors, asking them if they have a SOC 2 
audit report that they can share. Uh, I know we specifically go into third-party pen testing mm -hmm. uh, and ask. Uh, we ask of our own vendors if they have high-level executive reports that they can share with us. And we share uh, some of our, our pen test partners uh, have, have been very surprised when we want more information in customer-facing reports. But that's sort of a, another way of putting transparency into what we're sharing with customers uh, and making sure that we're showing you that while, while we won't let you come in and audit our data centers, because that would violate the trust of other customers, uh, here is something that we're doing as a, as a good faith effort to, to show you evidence that, that these controls are in place. Right. So. right. Sounds good. Yeah. So, you know, having said all that, <clears throat> a lot of information there, uh, a lot of moving parts to the cloud and migrating to the cloud and using the cloud and so on. So <clears throat> for, for users out there, what were you, what would you say is probably the top three or four risks um, of cloud computing that they should be um, aware of on their end? Yeah, I, I think for, first and foremost, are you the customer or are you the product? When, when you're using a service, particularly a free service, oftentimes you may be getting a service from, from using that platform, but you may also in turn being, be offering yourself up as product uh, for the for the platform. So your your data, your information that you're providing. Um, so just like like everything else, they be be informed about what you're sharing. Wise mm -hmm. that way. Um, another risk is just uh, we're all human. So if you inadvertently put something up, what are the what are the ways you can take that down? Or if there's a way to remove sensitive information that has been found. Uh, I think the, those are the two that come first to mind for yeah. for a lot of people. Um, I guess to sort of credential access as well. Um, I, I see a lot more these days of sign into this page with using your Facebook credentials or your Google mm -hmm. credentials yeah. or your Amazon credentials. And what there, there's a lot of things packed there is a, does that if by signing in using your, your AWS credentials, then give them access to your Amazon account or data from what you've bought there? Um, or does it give that other company suddenly a backdoor that they can be using your Amazon account for something? So <laughs> again, that's, that's a little bit of tinfoil hat. But. Yeah, no, that, and that's, that's interesting because I just, that a lot of people use that, uh, entry into these things because it's in lieu of filling out two pages of information you just click use my you know whatever account and and it you know gives you you know automatically creates your registration and opens opens your account for you but you're right i mean that what what is going on in the back end when you do that what do they have access to and so on and so forth and i think that's that's 
that's a big question. I think people don't really have an answer to a lot of times. Yeah, and that's I mean, that's not to to say that you shouldn't do that because certainly there there are plus sides to that too. I mean, not having to have thirty seven complex passwords that you're never going to remember. Um, though obviously you should be using a password manager for that. Um, or but especially not reusing an an insecure password. So there there are definitely pluses and minuses to to leveraging other other sign in accounts but right and as a and as a, as an enterprise organization um for our enterprise organizations out there um yeah i mean the cake the cake has really become you know even though you may not be totally sure of all your risks the cake has become sort of that minimum requirements uh for uh cloud service providers and uh, using that in your procurement process gives you an idea of where they're at. And those are the things that you would expect them to have in place. And if not, then you would want to know why, why it's not in place unless it's totally not applicable. So, um, so yeah, I urge everyone to um, use as a, as a cloud user to use the cake as a screening process, use the star registry as sort of that shopping mall, for cloud service providers um, as, a, as an initial screening process. And then, of course, you know, there's the certifications and attestations uh, that you can leverage as well, uh, depending on who that service provider is. So, so yeah, great stuff. Uh, great information. It's pretty much, you know, what we expect that we just get a lot of, um, as I said, we get a lot of questions. Um from cloud providers, you know, how to, you know, what's, what's some of the best ways to engage with cloud, cloud customers. And, um, and yeah, so I think we've, we've covered some pretty good ground here today. Obviously cloud is, is is such a, like I said, so many moving parts. Uh, We can, we can talk all day on the subject matter, but I think we've covered all the main points. So really appreciate you coming on and, um, and, uh, helping with this um, typically unless you and unless you want to do something different typically i just tell our listeners if they want to get a hold of you to contact us but if you want to give out if you want them to contact you personally we're happy to give that out but otherwise that, no, that's... Other, otherwise uh if you want to contact jennifer directly you can email us at info at cloudsecurityalliance.org and request uh, if you want to request to talk to Jennifer and we'll pass that on. If you want to find out more about the STAR, CSA STAR, um, the cake we talked about, cloud control matrix, anything or anything about uh, Cloud Security Alliance and cloud in general, you can go to cloudsecurityalliance.org and uh, it's a pretty, pretty simple website to work through. So you should be able to get all the information uh, that you need. And um, GitHub is also on, uh, on there as well. So you can read about them further if you like to and their services. So with that, I think we'll close it out. And again, Jennifer, thank you so much for being with us today. And uh, we hope to have you on again soon. 
Thank you very much. All right.